Hello, readers. I feel bad that I haven't uh, given you guys a piece in a little bit, uh, and I have a few in the hopper. So until then, I figured I'd record um, a, a piece I wrote last summer that I was not able to post on the green room. It's about Tyler, my brother Tyler's run at Western States, uh, which is one of the biggest trail races in the world. And I wrote I wrote this piece for Osprey, uh, Osprey Packs, and you know, understandably, they, they didn't want to necessarily be a green room piece, but there's no audio version. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read you this two-parted uh, article I wrote, um, and, and that's what we're going to do today. And uh, and you'll get another green room post soon. So uh, without further ado, here is The Long Road to 155710, Inside Tyler Green's 2022 Western States by Jordan Green. With acknowledgement of some bias, Tyler Green's second place finish at the 2021 Western States Endurance Run was the race's most memorable moment. Even to those familiar with the wins and FKTs he chalked up through the pandemic years, his performance in North America's most revered ultra was a stunner. Dylan Bowman, the Western States fledgling sportscaster, claimed Tyler's run would be taught someday in textbooks and the finish initiated him into the sports elite. No more would Tyler Green be considered an underdog. I'm Tyler's brother, and for those of us who love him, that race was a dream, a culmination of steady persistence over a tenacious running career. We see his preparation, how diligently he works at his craft, and we hoped with him. And when he crossed the finish line with Rachel, we were proud. There's no other word for it. In 2019, Tyler ran Western States for the first time. He finished 14th, which was impressive enough, but Ty was convinced he could do better. When the pandemic locked most of us in, he got busy gobbling up FKTs, the Lou Witt Trail, the Timberline, the Wonderland, the Lost Coast. Western States was canceled in 2020, but when the race returned in 2021, Tyler entered unheralded to all but a few. The lead runners belted out of the gate, working to keep up with the dominance of Jim Walmsley, and Tyler stuck to his plan. As the day wore on and the heat climbed, cooking out competitors one by one, Tyler rose with the mercury. When he broke fifth, we were astonished, and when he made three more passes to emerge in second place at Pointed Rocks, we felt elated. He jogged the last joyous legs with his wife, Rachel Drake, still spring in his step. The finish is seared in my mind and I know I'm not the only one. To don an M2 bib at Western States is to be among an elite cadre of distance running's greatest, and Tyler's sense was he'd run his perfect race to reach that podium. All day he was in flow, the brakes broke his way, and the ending was fit for a film. All that left a conundrum. How could Tyler possibly improve on perfection? That was the pressure, but there was also opportunity Jim Walmsley, who possesses three of the four fastest times in Western States history and was the only person to run the course faster than Tyler in 2021, wouldn't be running in 2022. Tyler saw an opening. Everyone saw an opening. Preparation. In the ensuing months, as Tyler's star in the running world ascended, his life looked much the same. He coached track and taught gym to high schoolers, drew up training plans for clients, worked on home improvements, lounged and lived in Portland with Rachel and their dog, Teddy. 
Meanwhile, he trained harder than ever, pacing 25 miles of Dylan Bowman's second place finish at the Hard Rock 100 and running the Sur Le Trace. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get this French pronunciation right. The Sur Le Trace de Duc de Savoie, or TDS, part of the larger project of racing UTMB, Europe's most famous trail race. Tyler won the 55K Moab Red Hot before placing fifth and second in the Chuckanut 50 and Gorge Waterfalls, respectively. Except 50 springtime kilometers in the Pacific Northwest is not quite akin to 100 miles through the Sierras in summer. To acclimate to the parched heat and steep terrain, Tyler's final quest before western states was running the Grand Canyon, rim to rim to rim. During that trip, he met up with Jim Walmsley to run Eldon Mountain and talk shop. One major takeaway was that Walmsley rarely, if ever, hiked, even on the steepest climbs. Tyler endeavored to hike less of the course than the previous year. If his effort last year was a breezy 9 out of 10, he aimed to max out in 2022. After months of training, analyzing the splits, and ironing out efficiencies, Tyler targeted a time closer to Walmsley's than his own 2021 finish. He shaved minutes off his plan through a series of factors, upgrades to Nike's Ultrafly Next, improved crew preparation, fitness gains, and experience. For Western States, Tyler sported some key Osprey implements. In the first half of the race, he wore a light gray Duro with a 1.5 liter reservoir. In the latter stages, his approach was more minimal, dropping the pack. The other Osprey item Tyler brought with him to Olympic Valley was as functional as it was sentimental, the very same Eclipse Overnight pack which Tyler has carried since trekking through Nepal 18 years ago. Family Ties In February, before Tyler set off for Moab, our family gathered for the first time to celebrate his birthday and meet our new niece, Inez. We gathered around the table with warm hearts, all of us together for the first time since COVID-19 broke out. And then, just before Dad offered thanks for our meal, Tyler and Rachel announced she was pregnant. To understand our gratitude at this growth, you'd have to know the losses. How eight years ago, cancer killed my wife, and Tyler moved in for a while to support my daughter and I. Or how, last winter, our grandfather passed. Or how, just the other day, our Uncle Mike died. Ty and Rachel's declaration of growth was sweeter in light of all that bitter loss. Yet Rachel's pregnancy also presented a new challenge. Tyler and Rachel are fine-tuned twin trail-running machines, and his career has flourished alongside her, their drive and energy lifting up the other. He may not put it this way, but a writer can recognize another artist's muse. After her first trimester, Rachel couldn't keep her usual pace. Tyler would do the running for both of them, but he missed her by his side. As I met with Tyler in the lead-up to Western States, his demeanor was subdued. He hoped to win, yes, and he believed he would run a faster race. But that wry rin of underdog confidence from the year before was gone. He told me about a moment, arriving at the Peachstone Aid Station in 2021, and hearing Kendrick Lamar's Humble, the theme impressed on Tyler's heart, Surrender. Anything can happen on race day, especially over 100 miles. Against the solitude and grander expectations, Tyler carried a mental edge, his memories of the race. That was where experience factored in. This would be his third time through the trail, start to finish. Planted in his psyche are the places where he and Rachel ran together, the spots where he made key passes, the stretches he ran with friends, 
Drew, Jordan, Nick, Yasin. Their memories of where he nearly gave up and pushed through. With each pass, this legendary trail becomes a place Tyler more closely knows. And so, on June 26th, Tyler and his growing family and veteran crew arrived at the line in Olympic Valley. The Western State's endurance run was set to start. The dark morning hours began with Tyler in the midst of the pack, pressing back the adrenaline of the start. The first 25 miles in the early morning through high country are the least familiar. While not as brutal as the baking canyons, the heat is something Tyler prepares for. The trail is choppy, littered with rolly rocks, and his heart rate was higher than expected. He wondered if he was on pace and second-guessed the race altogether. The existential crisis of the high ground ended at Robinson Flats, where the trail drops down into a long slope toward the canyons. Tyler didn't crack the top 10 until halfway through, when he emerged at the El Dorado aid station alongside his Nike teammate, Drew Holman, in 8th. I first saw Tyler 10 miles later, at Forest Hill, a gold mining town set high on the ridge in the Sierra foothills. If the start and finish are the two largest party atmospheres along the western state's route, Forest Hill is the third, the most appropriate midpoint, with a thoroughfare lined by camper vans, shade tents, and dad-hatted observers eager to watch the race drift by. The temperature when we arrived, even at 32,000 feet, was 99 degrees. Rachel and Tyler's crew were stationed in the scant shade of the massive pines lining the main thoroughfare. Tyler arrived a short while later, cruising and looking solid with Holman in 7th. My daughter and I, who'd arrived 20 minutes previous after crossing Northern California all day, hovered on the periphery as Tyler munched watermelon chunks, crewmates doused him in ice water, and photographers collected snapshots. Just before taking off again, he caught our eyes and flashed a grin. We felt heartened. Then he took off again down the thoroughfare and toward the trail. Between the next two aid stations, the Dardanelles and Peachstone, Tyler made his move breaking away from Drew Holman and moving ahead of Ludovic Pomeray to the sixth spot. By Green Gate, he was in fifth, and at Quarry Road, with less than ten miles to run, Tyler broke into fourth place. We waited to see him again at the next aid station, Pointed Rocks, a shaded grove of oak trees just north of cool California. This was where, a year before, we watched Tyler emerge from over the hill, catching Hayden Hawks to earn second. The sun was dropping through the oak boughs, casting gold fractals over the meadow, and there were signs a similar moment was shaping up. Adam Peterman held a solid lead, but Hayden Hawks was in second and flagging, and the gap between Tyler and Arlen Glick, which was seven minutes at Greengate, had narrowed to three. Hawks appeared first, at 7.50. He looked weary at his pit stop, but not beat, and wasn't stopped for long. We waited, hoping Tyler would crest the hill, but it was Glick, the cheery Mennonite, who emerged first. Glick gathered up with his crew while I kept an Instagram live feed focused on the trail. When Tyler arrived, a minute behind, he paused, knowing he'd need every drop of adrenaline over the final leg. Glick, who was still resting, ducked out to the path first. Tyler left soon after, the gap between them around 30 seconds. The chase was on. We hiked back to our cars from Painted Rocks, giddy from the rising thrill of the race, Winning was out, but Tyler's hopes for a podium were probable, and there was still a shot at repeating second place. 5.9 miles remained. The finish line at Placer High was hyped at sunset as Adam Peterman cruised across the finish line. 
The lanky Montanan's debut was the 11th fastest time in Western States history, and at 26, he set for a promising career. Hayden Hawks, the feisty Utah who dominates shorter ultras across the American Southwest, arrived a little over a half hour later. In 2020, Hawks had tracked near Walmsley for most of the race before crumbling in the last 10 miles. This year, his stride was uneven when he reached Auburn, and he'd lost pace considerably in the race's latter miles. But his cushion was insurmountable. Hawks gritted to a strong finish. The last place on the podium was still up for grabs. In 2021, Tyler's run from Pointed Rocks to Auburn was basically a victory lap. The last pass was made, Walmsley had finished, and the path from Roby Point was a breezy descent. All he had to do was hold a solid pace and float to victory. This year, Tyler's last miles of Western States were the opposite. He was a greyhound on the heels of his quarry. His focus narrowed to a pinpoint. But Arlen Glick, the hare he chased, was also dialed. Between Pointed Rocks and Roby Point, Tyler felt fantastic, a dream of a descent. Somehow, though, Glick gained ground, maybe a minute or so. So down from Roby Point, Tyler pushed with all he had. The final push. To reach truest flow requires peak challenge, and the closeout of those final 10 miles drew everything Tyler had. He pushed his legs and body to hasten pace, to close out, to burn every last atom of energy, hoping with each turn to catch slight of Arlen Glick. This never happened, though. Tyler reached the Placer High track at twilight. The year before, he'd slapped the surface in triumph, but this year, the broadcast focus was at the other end, where Glick leapt across the finish line. At the crowd's roar, Tyler knew the chase was finished, and he slowed, finally, a little over 100 miles in. He and Rachel half-jogged and half-walked to the end. The clock read 1557.10 when he crossed, beating his time the year before by 14 minutes. Tyler felt the finish and put his arms in the air. Arlen greeted him, and the two runners hugged, and the crowd cheered for both of them. Then Ty laid down on his back over a capital E on the track. He stayed there a while, minutes which are always frightening because there can be cost to pushing a body so hard for so long. In any case, I'm grateful Rachel was nearby to check on him. Tyler was weary at his core, the sort of weary you can only get from racing 100.2 miles with 10 out of 10 effort. In Tyler's post-race interview, Corinne Malcolm asked, As you laid on the track, you said, I think that was even better than second place. And I'm wondering if you can tell us what that means to you. Of course he wanted to win, Tyler explained through the fog of exhaustion. But what I wanted most was to give the best out of myself. And that's what this race does. He aimed to give everything he had and did so. A year and a day previous, Tyler's finish would have flabbergasted us. The chase would have been a career high. But there was no way around the frustration I felt at the difference in recognition, at missing the podium by less than a track length. How arbitrary and distinct could two finishes be? This is how the race goes, though. Sometimes the glory rains down with ease, and other times we chase and chase and never quite reach the dream. Or you can run perfect, spend a year getting even better, and the satisfaction isn't the same. In his interview after finishing, Hayden Hawks said it well. If you give everything you have and someone beats you, that's out of your control. Tyler Green is seasoned, though. 
He's run all his life against the sports elite, back to high school when Portland's top distance runner was Galen Rupp. He's learned again and again he could give his all and still be beat, and that over 100.2 miles through the Sierra Mountains, there's too much beyond anyone's control. There are Walmsleys and Petermans, and sometimes Hayden Hawks can puke and rally. That was what Tyler learned from Kendrick Lamar at Peachstone the year before. To win has never been a given, and yet Tyler keeps going, keeps honing his craft. In doing so, he's become one of the finest ultra runners in the world, and we honor him for that, but also for being a great sportsman, for honorably guiding so many others into a love for the art of running. This was the Tyler I saw at Golden Hour the next day, even as his legs were creaky and sore. The last runners were streaming in, chasing that deadline all through the night. Tyler cheered for each of them, shouting personal encouragement to folks he knows. He was at peace, in his element, a runner satisfied from work well done, a body healing. Western States is over, and the journey of fatherhood, another worthy chase, is off ahead. There's Mont Blanc to plan for. There are more races to run.